Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for life and leadership in Christ. My name is Tony, and I am your host. And every single week, we bring you two episodes trying to do the same thing, help you move closer to a fully integrated life with Christ. Today on the podcast, Adam Jablin. Adam is uh, an author. He's a speaker. He's an entrepreneur. He's one of those guys that just brings a certain amount of energy. He likes to talk about constant gratitude, about what it means to be a neurohero. He talks about life coaching, being a spiritual trainer. Uh, so many good stories in this one. Adam's energy is contagious, and I think you're going to love it. If you do love it, do me a favor, share this episode with a friend, maybe somebody who you know needs a little shot of energy in the arm. As always, I'm so thankful for you. Every time you share the podcast, it means the absolute world to me. If there's anything I can do to support you, please don't hesitate to let me know. And until then, enjoy this conversation with Adam Jablin. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to have author, speaker, and coach Adam Javelin with us. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time after months of trying to get this thing scheduled. We finally got it done. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Tony. I'm, I'm grateful to be with you, and I'm, I'm grateful that we just opened with that prayer one-on-one before we, before we hopped on, so I'm, I'm feeling ready to go. Well, one of the things that I like to do um, before we get into the weeds of your story is kind of look at a macro perspective. Uh, you've done a lot of things. You've you've got a journey that we're going to jump into various parts, but I love to hear um, your answer to this question. How would you describe the calling that God has placed on your life? Mm. Well, the calling is definitely my passion. It's my driving force. Um, it's what allows me to connect with others. How would I describe that? I'd I'd have to say, Tony, that that it's that calling that I have is is my duty. It's my mm. duty. You know, he could have taken me many many times, you know, and and probably we'll get into that within the story. Um, but you know, he kept me here for a reason. There's you know there's I I I I'm paid, severely overpaid. You know, I shouldn't be on the earth anymore. So it's my duty. I think I'm, I'm here to, to, to try to fulfill this mission. And if, if someone had never met you before um, and they, they see you, one of the things that they're immediately going to notice is you have this immense sense of gratitude about where life has you and your mission to walk alongside other leaders and that whole process. Um, how, how do you continually mind gratitude as a, as a personal discipline in your daily walk? Wow. Um, it's, it's truly brother. It's a constant reminder. Mm. Um, I'm as human as the next person and my brain will sometimes want to focus on problems or issues or the how, how am I going to do this? How is this going to get done? When is this going to get accomplished? Um, so what it is, is a constant reminder, uh, to be where my feet are, uh, to truly, to truly remember that I'm healthy. My children are healthy. Um, the people I love are healthy. My girl is healthy. What's really important that, 
Um, bank accounts go up and down. Popularity goes up and down. Uh, you know, like my mentor always taught me, there's there's the wheel that everybody's on. You got the number one record, you got the number one this, and a few weeks later you're number three, and then a few months later you're at eight, and then before you know it, you're out of everyone's eyesight, and now everyone wants to come back. So you start making a new album or whatever it is, a new podcast, and then you're on top of the you're on top again, and then it, and you just go on this wheel. And the idea is like the prayer we had before is to be in the center of the wheel, to be so God centered that you don't constantly go on. The, so my job of gratitude is to get off that wheel and to stay in the center. And when I'm there, I'm an extremely grateful man. And when I'm somewhere on this wheel, that's where the ego comes out. Now I know that there's a lot of leaders listening who just feel like you completely stepped on their toes and that's good. That's what we're here for. And so how do we get off of the, the outside of the wheel and get to the center? What are some of the practices that you commit yourself to? One of the things that we say around here a lot is that if you aren't, if you aren't dedicated to your disciplines, you'll be destroyed by your distractions. What are some of your daily have tos? So, okay. Every day I must pray. Hmm. Every day I must meditate. Every day I must tell three people that I love them and let them know how important they are to me. Every day I must focus, focus, not necessarily act, but focus my mindset on what my goals and my visions are. Mm. And every day I must help another soul. Wow. So for me, um, when my driving question somewhere in my brain, when my primary question somewhere deep down, when you really got to get to know Adam was, how am I ever going to be as successful as my father? Like strip it. If you strip me down, there was that question. What that question did was, A, it made me compete with somebody I love very, very much. And it made my primary question in life about money, hmm. right? How am I ever going to be as successful as this? How am I ever, right? It's it, it, So you could put in your own X and Z. I'm being very raw and real with your audience. I'm getting naked. When I was able to change that question to how many people can I help today? That is when all of the abundance started coming to me. Right. So one, you know, so if you even strip down my first primary question, which was, how am I ever going to be as successful as my father? It was about finances or, or let's just say wealth. It was comparing me to somebody that was my hero and my idol. And if you take it one step further, what it really was is, am I good enough to be loved and will I be abandoned? Yeah. Right. Keep stripping that question down. You're like, why are you worried about that? Why are you worried about that? Why are you? It's, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I, am I good enough to be loved? Will I be loved? Are people going to leave me alone? Am I going to be alone? Right. When I say, how many people can I help today? How many people can I serve today? It's not about me. It's not about money. It's not about, it's about how many people can I help? And when I do that, you know, we, as you and I were discussing before, you know, they said, uh, rabbi, rabbi, what are the top two commandments, you know? Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your brother as yourself. Yeah, I, I appreciate that because there's that, uh, in that command, there's that um, not so obvious statement that you have to love yourself first in order to love other people. 
I love it too. And uh, that's one of the things I see in the work that you do. And as we record this now in early October, I know that you just recently finished um, a neuro health summit, uh, a project that you worked on. And, and I have the phrase in my notes, neuro hero wrote down. Yeah. Talk to me about that uh tool or set of tools that you're developing and that you you took a whole bunch of leaders on what was that like what was that whole experience about ah so fulfilling brother thank you for asking well you know neuroscience is on everybody's radar yeah yeah and i was i'm so blessed i was able to do this seminar this one with dr rob kelly who's one of the leading uh doctors in the field and and you know there are there's, you, know, you could go to Dr. Joe Dispenza, like neuroscience and the way the brain works is on everybody's map, right? However, the science is also about building pathways. And the path, what people are trying to do is get through their journey to be the person they always want to be, to get to be wealthier, healthier, happier, more fulfilled. And what that truly is, is going through the hero's journey. Hmm. So what we did was we took this, the neuroscience of building new pathways in the brain, right? And how to do it, right? Dr. Rob was teaching how to do it and teaching the actual hero's journey, right? And my hero project's journey where I take my client, what, what I actually take all of my clients through and combining them. So you could see how the science backed the work. And um, it was, I'm, I'm so grateful to say, Tony, it was a success. I, you know, having an event and knowing your material, that I love. Hosting an event and what the business behind an event, that's a whole other animal, you know what I mean? <laughs> and there's a reason that I am not an event planner. So my goal is to grow these to the point that I have people that help me run the event where I'm not the one coordinating the, you know, the meals, the tickets, the T-shirts, the you know, the the notebooks, the pens. You know, I have a team that does all of that, but I'm learning and growing. So I had to be the uh, event host, mm. and I also had to be the event planner, and that was that was a little tricky, but it was a huge success. So I'm I'm blessed that you asked that question. Well, what's crazy is as I, as I got into the weeds of your story. Um, this idea of a, being a neuro hero is so far removed from where you were in 2006 when your family kind of surrounded you in this moment of intervention. I'm wondering if you might share a little bit about the journey that led you to a, a place that said um, you had to, you needed help and, and you had to go somewhere to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking brother. Um, well, uh, let's just focus on that one part. Uh, I was third generation in the biggest lace empire. My, my family business, we were the biggest lace empire uh, in the world. I'm very proud, right? And I was the third javelin to go in. And I had these heroes, my father and my grandfather. And they one was a captain of industry. My grandfather was, I would say, the Joe Montana right, of, of manufacturing lace. And then my dad came in and he was Tom Brady. Mm. And I was like, oh man, like how do I live up to this? 
you know, and I worked really hard, but I drank like a fish and, you know, I was, I'm an alcoholic and an addict. So, you know, I would feel a symptom just to be able to take the pill. You know, I had, I had Oxycontin and Darvacet and Percocet for my hurt knee and my hurt shoulder. I had Ambien to sleep. I had Xanax to calm down. I had uppers, laughers, downers, screamers, you name it. I was a walking pharmacy. And finally, at that point, what you're talking about, I actually couldn't control my body anymore. And that was weird. You know what I mean? Because I was all about my body and my charisma. And I couldn't, I couldn't control. Like, I was taking all that stuff to relax the brain. But not that I wanted to lose my body, to actually control my body. You know what I mean? And I remember being with my wife and drinking and all of a sudden, like, like, I had so many pharmaceuticals in me. The wine would mix with the Xanax and the Ambien from the night before. And the, and I, I was, my eyes would be rolling in my head and I'd be slurring. I couldn't control the body anymore. And uh, I made a fool of myself and got into fights and arguments. N- nothing physical, but just I just got really, really dark, Tony. Hmm. Really, really dark. And I was like, what is this all about? Like, what is life all about? I felt like everything was a sham. I mean, is this what life's life's about business and living up to these heroes and putting more money in the bank and getting more cars and, and, and politics. I don't believe any of these people and and the NBA is fixed and the NFL is fixed. Just everything was just dark. Yeah. And, um, before I knew it, I walked into an intervention because of uh, the concept, you know, so many consequences that I piled up. Everyone was able to get together and be like, Adam has a problem. Hmm. And, and dude, I remember like yesterday, like I went as a people pleaser. Like I remember hearing in my head and saying it out loud, like in the movie Goodfellas, when Ray Liotta goes like, okay, take me to jail. Like that's what I said. <laughs> I was like, all right. Take me to jail. Like I saw rehab as jail. Um, well, I didn't know what it was going to be the biggest gift in my life. Wow. It was going to be the biggest present I was ever given. And it allowed me to understand the disease of alcoholism and addiction that it is a disease, by the way, you know, it takes four components, four components to be a disease. You have to be progressive, worse over time. You have to be chronic, always there. You have to be primary, not secondary, and you have to be fatal. It kills you. If you take one of those away, you have a disorder and disorders are bad enough, yeah. right? But if you have all four qualifications, you have a disease, a medical disease. So I had to learn that I was sick and not a bad person. And then I had to learn about spirituality and I had to, I mean, I remember, bro, Tony, I remember a poster saying, make the appropriate face with the appropriate emotion, right? So there was a a smiley face and a sad face and it showed everything, confused, anger. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was always smiling even when I wanted to kill you. Mm. Like I smiled, I was such a phony Right. And everyone in there was a phony. They were just wearing a certain mask. Wow. They would always show upset, but sometimes they were happy because that was their way of getting what they needed. There was a, everybody. Like, so all the people in there were phonies with me, but mine was this big bullshit, charismatic winking at you pointing. But I was so, I, I was dying inside. I wasn't that happy. I wasn't that charismatic. I was putting on a front so I can get what I want. And, um, so this place slowly started putting me together. I had a profound spiritual experience in this treatment center. Um, I was truly introduced to God in a way that I never had before. And that was by father Ron. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Now father Ron, this is, this is interesting, right? Cause you're, um, a messianic Jew 
and Father Ron is a Catholic priest. Um, What was that relationship like in rehab? It was amazing. I mean, looking back, I I look at it, what a trip, you know, but it was, I look, the truth of it was, I didn't know about spirituality and religion. Yeah. Like really understand it. You know, I, 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 you know, law of attraction and, ooh, and, you know, like, you know, and, you know, maybe wear a bracelet and, you know, open the door for an old lady and think you have good karma. And, you know, I mean, I, I, but I didn't really understand w- what the principles and the values um, of God were. I, 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 or the virtues, even the virtue. And I'm sitting there with a Catholic priest. This is like day three or four into into rehab. And he asks me if I believe in God. And, you know, quick answer for everybody. If, if you're ever sitting in a in an office of a Catholic priest and they ask you if you believe in God, say yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, so, I'm going to yeah, put that in I, notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I give him some woo-woo, you know, ridiculous answer. And I heard – he goes, all right, all right, take it easy, take it easy. And I heard that a lot. So I guess one of the things I didn't realize was how like wound up I was. Mm. I heard that a lot. Take it easy. Take it easy. And he asks me to put my arm out. So I put my arm out and he goes like this, right? So th- this is his hand. And he goes like this. And he goes, do you see what I did there? And I'm Tony, I'm, I'm looking at my arm and I'm looking at the father. And I'm looking at my arm I'm like, father, I'm sorry. I don't see anything. So he does it again, very gently. He goes, do you see what I did there? So I'm looking at my arm, looking at my father. I'm like, your father, I'm Jewish. Maybe there's a disconnect here. <laughs> he starts laughing. He does it again. He's like, you see what I did this time? Now I'm like feeling really uncomfortable. So I start using humor because I'm like, this is strange, right? So I'm like, father, I heard about you guys and little boys. You know what I mean? He starts laughing. He turns the lights off and he puts a light on, right? A UV light on. And there are all his fingerprints, purple fingerprints glowing. Wow. Right. And he goes, Adam, do you believe that there's been a power all around you that you can't see, taste, touch, none of the five basic senses that has been guiding you, protecting you, brought you here to this moment with me? And I'm looking at these fingerprints glowing in the air. And I'm like, Father, I can believe. And he turned the lights back on. And Tony, I was like, whoa, like do it again. Like I thought it was like a magic trick. I'm like, do it again, do it again. But what happened was this Catholic priest took this Jew from Jersey and like downloaded him into the matrix. Mm. He, he allowed me to have for the first time my own understanding and concept of a power greater than myself. You know, we didn't get into the five books of the Torah. We didn't get into Jesus's teachings. We didn't get into the Apostle Paul. We didn't get into Genesis. We didn't get into Revelations. We got into, can you believe? Yeah. That simple. And that day changed my whole life. Now, how, how long were you in rehab for? 28 days. 28 days. And I, I'm going to ask you an impossible question. Um, so just be ready. Uh, I think you're up for it. If, if you had to summarize what you learned about God in those 28 days in one sentence, what would it be? God is real. Hmm. Now, so, yeah, so, so let's do that sentence real fast, right, Tom? Yeah. God is real. And therefore, now your faith in him is going to show that relationship. 
if you believe that's a loving God, because God is real, you will feel a loving God. If you think that is a vengeance God, God is real. You will find that revenge in your life. God is real. If you believe God doesn't care about you, you will feel like nothing cares about you in your life. But at the end of the day, God is real. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with Adam to remind you to sign up for my newsletter. That's right. Every single week we're putting out great content to try to help you move closer to life and leadership with Christ. It's called the Life and Leadership Newsletter. You can get to it on my website, follow the number two leadcoaching.com. Also right now we have a quiz up that helps you assess where you are with your walk with Christ and your everyday life. So if you go to follow the number two leadcoaching.com backslash quiz, it'll help you evaluate if you are walking with integrity. If that's something that interests you, I'd love to help. You can always hit me up on the socials at TWMilt. But as always, the best and easiest place to start, follow the number two leadcoaching.com. All the links are in the show notes. So check them out. Now let's finish up this conversation with Adam. Now you Correct me if I'm wrong. You currently serve as the chair of the board for this that very same rehab center, don't you? Yes, yes, yes. I do. I do. I don't talk about that a lot, by the way. But yes, I, I do. Well, so I, I'm I'm interested in uh, what it's what is it like for you to go back into that space to walk alongside other men? I I know that's a big part of your ministry um, is is helping people get sober, not just from uh, alcoholism or addiction, but from a lot of different. Um, things in their life that have become unhealthy coping skills. What's it like for you now to walk back in as the chair of the board? It's um, it's very emotional every time. Yeah. I so I, it's always you know it's always a good feeling to go back home and to allow people to see what you were able to do with with what you were taught. Um, no matter what stage of, of that cycle is in life. You know, if you grew up in Jersey and you go back and you visit people in Jersey, if you're at this church or this ministry and you leave for a while and you come back and you, and you, it, you know, if you were, if you played for North Carolina and then you go play for the Bulls and now you're playing in Charlotte, it's good to show them where you, you know, what skills you were able to, to, you know, acquire in this journey. So I, I go in very emotional. Uh, it always hits me very hard of, of this is where it all started. I can still feel all the same feelings. I can still recapture specific moments and, and specific faces from 17 years ago. Um, but then when I go and I sit down, the other side of me comes out where it's time to be a professional and, and help people to the highest ability that I can. But for me, going on the property and, and, and seeing everyone for the first time always hits that hits that part of my soul. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to chase my curiosity a little bit here huh. with your uh, family business. The, yeah. the best I can tell, you're not really involved in that on a daily basis anymore. What's your relationship like with the family business? And how, how did you deal with the idea of... Um, or did you have to deal with the idea of possibly disappointing, you know, to use your words, Joe Montana and Tom Brady? Yeah. So thank you for asking. I'm going to start with that part first, if that's okay. Yeah, please. And then I'm going to answer what happened, which is nothing short of a miracle. Love it. Um, 
what happened with me in this getting sober process and finding God and helping people was what I realized where my gifts were, or a, not only was I not Joe Montana or Tom Brady, I wasn't even a quarterback. Not only was I not even a quarterback, I wasn't even in the same sport. Okay. Hmm. Where I was, was a coach and what kind of coach I was, was like Phil Jackson from the Chicago Bulls, yeah. who's like a mentor in the Lakers. He's a, he's, he's been a guiding force in my life. He's somebody I, I look up. He's been nothing but gracious to me wow. in my life. So what I found out was I was, so I wanted to be like these idols. And if you ask me who my favorite player of all time was, it was Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I'm not these people. I am not these killers. I I am not these killer. What I am is somebody that knows how to lead from my heart in a spiritual way. I know how to get people together. I know how to get people harmonious. I know how to, to bring the best out in people. I know how to mentor them, meaning I know how to show them what I've done. I know how to coach them, meaning I know how to bring the best out within them. And I know how to teach them, meaning I know how to show them how to go to A to B, B to C, C to D. And those are three different skills, mentoring, coaching, and teaching. And when I realized who I am and what my abilities were, that was when I was able to take over the company because hmm. I'm not a quarterback. How can I lead like that? If I don't, I don't have an arm. I don't know. How to, but, but I do know how to lead. Yeah. I just lead from a completely. So that was when I started to shine. When I started owning my own skills, all of a sudden, all the clients want to talk to Adam. All the customers want to talk to Adam. Some, there's something about Adam. They're not calling Bob anymore. They're not calling this, my dad. They're not calling Morton anymore. My dad starts living in Aspen. He doesn't even want to be around because he's not the man anymore. <laughs> my whole team is always coming to me. I, I lead from a very peaceful place, not from a very uh, this kind of way. And, and we thrive. But um, the family business, we decided – Right before COVID, we got an offer that you just couldn't refuse. Sure. Right before COVID. And like I said, we were in an intimate apparel. And there's a story behind that. But I do think it's worth sharing with people about having a vision and understanding the future. Um, my customers were some of the biggest names out there or are the biggest names out there in my – right. so Victoria's Secrets, La Perla, Hanky Panky, Haynes Brand, you name it. Like I'm dealing with the biggest of the big. Multi multi millionaires and a couple of billionaires, yeah. and just to understand what why I'm bringing this up, they did not believe in the power of Amazon. Hmm. Oh, kid, you don't know what you're talking about. A woman is always want to want to go to a store and try a bra on and a panty on, and brick and mortar isn't going anywhere, and you people are crazy. And okay, okay. I'm letting you know right now, my wife orders three pairs of shoes and two bras and sends back what she doesn't want, but okay. And they did, you can look at their stock prices now just so you can right. see how much they didn't believe, okay? And at that time, the Me Too movement was very big, not saying right or wrong. What it did do for, like, of course, you want women to have rights and, and, and for their voice to be heard, but what it did to high end fashion was it killed it because now we're like, we don't want to be seen as sex models. And blah, blah, blah. so the, the, the style, if you look at fashion, got very clunky looking. So we were up against forces of nature. And at the same time, at the same time, we had no idea what we were sitting on real estate wise and how much our machines were worth overseas. 
and we got the call. And, and by the way, we're we're focused, right? So imagine, you know, where what does Tony say? Where uh, attention goes, energy flows, yeah. right? So we're focused on business. I'm not focused on how much the real estate is. I'm not focused on what China is worth buying the machine. I'm focused on how do I keep this empire alive in the United States of America? You know what I mean? And we get the call and the number was ridiculous. And before we knew it, it was it was time to to prepare an exit strategy. I got every single one of our employees a job. Wow. Every single one. And, um, and there was, there was a time where my dad's finally like putting the cowboy hat up, you know, and he's like, I'm, I'm not a businessman anymore. And it was time for me to launch the hero project. One of the things that I love to ask high capacity leaders is discernment when it comes to the voice of God. You're obviously a leader who is dependent upon your spiritual journey. Uh, you call yourself a spiritual trainer, which I, I love, um, how did you know that besides obviously the number was what you wanted it to be or, you know, take, taking out all, all the business side of it, how did you get that sense of peace that God was giving you a nudge or how, how do you discern that now? How do you know it's God's voice and not just the burrito you had the night before? It's great. Well, I believe it's a lot of prayer. It's a lot of contemplation. It's a lot of trust. It's a lot of sharing um, with the right. Per- I, I'm a really big believer in having an outside reference to your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so sharing with somebody that you can trust um, that will at least give you direction and guidance that's for your for your benefit. Um, and and divine timing is divine timing. Yeah. You know, and when there's three seconds on the clock, you know, there's a moment that you can pass the ball, it better be the most perfect pass because that's giving your the person that's going to take the shot that many less seconds or you have to make the shot. And making a decision is the hardest thing for us humans at, at certain times, just making a decision. But not making a decision is purgatory. Right. So – you have to blend this human element and component with God's great plan and his divine power and realize that you'll live to see another day. The move from uh, lace and intimate apparel to the hero project feels like a hard turn. Uh, I'd love to hear the Genesis story on how it was born. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, there's a few components, three components. One was at the time I'm 15 years clean and sober and I go to a 12 step community. And in that community, we have things called sponsors. Mm -hmm. These are men or women that will take you through the steps. And, uh, at this point, in my 15 years, not only am I sponsoring half of my town, I'm sponsoring very high-end celebrities, athletes, because they love me not only because of my charisma and how much I love recovery, but so funny how these people love fashion. Like it's rock stars want to be in fashion. Fashion people want to be rock stars. Uh, rock, you know, these people want to be, you know, everybody wants to do something that, that 
they're not doing. Yo, these people, yo, uh, what do we? Actors want to be in bands. People, you know, right. everyone wants. So they love that I was like this this fashion guy. You know, uh, it was very attractive to them. So I have all these years of recovery and giving back and and doing everything I can to help another soul. And then I have a friend of mine that runs a very, very high-end agency. Um, I don't want to mention the name because it will just be, it just, it'll just be too apparent, especially if people go through my Instagram and it'll just be too easy to break confidentiality. Sure, sure, sure. So it's a very high-end agency for athletes, celebrities, entertainers. And he's having a problem with one of his highest, highest entertainers, highest entertainers. And he asks me to help. And I'm like, dude, I don't do this professionally. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a a 12-step guy. I go, I help people. He's like, dude, we've gone through every doctor, every coach. I've known you for 17 years. I know exactly who you are. I saw the end. I saw you get clean and sober. I've seen who you are now. I need you to speak to her, please. Um, and I'm, I'm like, dude, okay, you know, okay. And we're at the Hard Rock, and we go to this room, and there she is, this enormous star. And I used to say, can we have, you know, who, by the way, celebrity leaves very quickly when there's tears coming out of their eyes, just so you know. <laughs> and I said, we have a few minutes alone, and we were in that room for three hours. Wow, right, three hours. And before you know it, she's like, I want to work with him, blah, blah, blah. I want him. I need him in my life. This is what I'm looking for. And I felt very naked because I don't have certificates. I don't have diplomas. I don't have, I don't, I don't do this professionally. Yeah. But it was a moment he grabbed me and he was like, dude, this is, this is your calling. Yeah. Like, this is who you are. This, I, I know it. Everyone else can see it. You have to own it. That was a moment. I'm, I'm giving you a highlight reel because with every sure. high, there's a little bit of a love, just Absolutely. so you know. Um, and then the – and so it's my 15 years at that time, clean and sober. It's that moment. And then when we decide to sell the business, I go to my mentor. He's a rock and roll Hall of Fame legend named Dion. They're making a Broadway play about his life called The Wanderer. He's known for the runaround Sue Wanderer. Wow. He's the only artist that has been relevant in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 20s, 2000s, 2010, 2020, he's only one over seven decades. Um, we're actually writing a book together, and where Springsteen's writing the forward, Bob Dylan's writing for us. You know, I mean, like legends for when my age. You know, my kids don't know who these people are, but to have to have these people writing a book, it just for me, it's so powerful. But I remember coming in being like, what you just said with the original question. I said, like, what do I do now? Do you know what I mean like I know how to make schmatas? I know how to make lace. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, and he was like, "What are you?" And he looked at me like like I had three heads. And this was my moment. He goes, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "You're going to be Adam. He's your. You're going to influence people to live in a higher reality, to live in God's reality. You're going to. You're going to influence thought. You're going to help people. And something between my recovery, that moment." working for those high end celebrities and my mentor giving me the permission slip Mm. to be myself gave birth to the hero project. And, and if you were going to summarize the hero project for somebody who hadn't done the research that I have, or like, how would you kind of, what's the, what's the 32nd elevator pitch on what the hero project is? 
Yeah. So I free people from alcoholism, addictions, unhealthy dependencies, whatever their pain and fear is. I ignite that hero within so they can go through that journey and, and live their highest, fullest life. So the hero's journey, let's say Joseph Campbell, is always broken down into three basic components. There's a separation, separation from the pain, separation from the alcohol, separation from the fear, separation from Tatooine and Star Wars, separation from the regular life in the Matrix, separation from Krypton, separation from you name it. It's in every right. hero story. Separation from Nazareth, separation from unit. There's a, always a separation because you're about to find out who you really are. Then there's an initiation process where you go through the steps. You learn the force. You figure out, oh, wait a second. I'm not from planet Earth. I'm from Krypton. And there's all these powers that I have. There's an initiation process. There's you somebody you know, downloads you in and you learn Kung Fu. You, you, you initiate all these steps and you start finding courage within yourself to go through life. But then always in every hero's journey, you have to slay that dragon. You have to face that fear, whatever that is. And there's a return home. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love that part. Cause so many times what I've seen with coaches and other, and other uh, personal development is they become the star of the movie, and then it's like this to everybody else. <laughs> right. It's like Eminem, you know? No. Ours, there's a return home. Yeah. For those listening on the podcast, there were two middle fingers involved there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, the return home where you get to show who you've become, you get to pass these lessons on and um, you're, you're, you're in your life. You still have your wife, you still have your husband, whatever it is, you still have your kids, but you're a different person from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Shalom, right? Peace. Peace. Yeah, completeness. I love that. Uh, I know that my podcast family loves to pray. Right. And, and you've got your book out there, Lots of Holic. You've got the Hero Project. You've got all the work that you're doing. Um, as people are listening to this conversation, what's the one thing that they can pray for you and the work that God is doing through your platform? Oh, for me? Well, for, for the work that you're doing, the call, right? Like, yeah. I, I just, um, I just think that if you're going to give up your time and be a guest for all of us here on the podcast, uh, we can certainly pray for you as we listen to the words that God's given you over this time and pray for the work, the the ministry, the, the hero project, the platform. Like what would be the specific prayer that we could pray alongside oh, you? Thank you, Tony. It's beautiful. Uh, thank you. I would love to have a prayer to have the power and the grace and the discernment and the positivity and the faith to be able to truly free and serve people where they're at, where they're at, meet them where they're at to achieve their highest and best hmm. that they can accomplish wonders. I love that. They can accomplish wonders. So just allow me to be that vessel. Yeah. Okay, we're going to add that to our prayer list, and I, ha I have one more question for you, but before I ask it, I know that my podcast family is going to want to connect with you all over the interwebs. Where is the best place to learn all things Adam? 
Yeah. Uh, so I try to make it simple for myself. <laughs> so it's at Adam Jablin anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn. And, um, you know, please reach out. We will get back to you immediately. Yeah. You know, we do. And um, we're here to help. Yeah. And he's really active guys. He's really active on Instagram. It's worth going through and checking out the videos and a lot of, a lot of good content out there and, and good on-ramps to get connected. Uh, okay. Last question. I love to ask people. It's an advice question. I'm going to ask you to go back and give yourself one piece of advice, except I get to name the season of life that you're in. And so I want to take you back to 2006 the day after you graduated from rehab or the day after you left rehab. Okay. If you could go back in time and sit knee to knee with that younger version of Adam, I want you to hold his hands and look him in the eye. And I want you to give him one piece of advice on what the next 17 years are going to hold for him or how to approach it. What's the one thing that you're going to tell him? Relax and enjoy the journey because you truly have no idea mm. what's in store. That's beautiful. Adam, uh, I'm so incredibly thankful for our time today and for your generosity of spirit. And uh, hey, I, I want to make sure that we stay connected. And when that next book comes out with your mentor, I'd love to have you back on the podcast to talk about it. So thank you for being here yeah, today. Yeah, it's cool with you. I'd love to bring him too. Yeah, I let's mean, do it. That's what I mean. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He's he's the you'll dude. You'll trust me. You'll you'll fall in love with him. I told you guys what great energy from Adam. I love his heart. I love his spirit. I love some of the things he talks about when it comes to uh, the power, the outside voice. He talked about how to be a hero and a coach. Um, so many good things in this dialogue. You can check him out, adamjablin.com. We'll link to that in the show notes. He's got a great Instagram presence as well. Well, guys, that's it for me today. So thankful for you. I'll be back later this week with another episode. Episode number 300. What, what? It's hard to believe we've been doing this this long. And for those of you who are OGs, thanks for sticking with me this whole journey. It has been quite a journey. All right, guys. Well, as always, the highest comment you can give us, share this episode with a friend. So thankful for you. And remember, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.